you know, we've talked a lot on the show about the war on Ukraine and how our community has really banded together to help refugees that have been fleeing war-torn Ukraine. Uh, since the beginning of the war, more than 5 million people have fled Ukraine. That number is expected to, of course, increase. We have upwards of 5,000 Ukrainian refugees here in Edmonton and more in Alberta and, of course, more in Canada as well. Uh, that number closer to uh, 50,000 when it comes to Ukrainian mm-hmm. refugees in our country. So what do they need from us? We've seen lots of different uh, drives of support, furniture drives, clothing drives, uh, lots of funds being raised to help them as they transition to life here in our community. But for asylum seekers, is that enough? Or do they need Mm -hmm. more mental health supports in order to make that transition from some really horrifying situations a little smoother when they arrive in Canada? And certainly the Ukrainian situation has brought this whole topic to be top of mind. But keep in mind that the the UN, in a most recent survey, I think 2021, had said that there were some 100 million people being displaced around the world for any variety of reasons. And in many cases, uh, you know, fleeing tyranny, fleeing uh, the fact that they were afraid for their lives, many leaving family be home. What kind of psychological impact does that have on the people who are arriving here? And I don't say that in, 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 you know, a critical way. It, it's how do you help these people to get over that hump, uh, which it would be an enormous, enormous obstacle, I would think. Dr. Vanessa Reddit is a family physician in Toronto, and she works exclusively with asylum seekers and has no doubt seen any number of, uh, of, of difficult cases and traumas and just people trying to figure out how to move forward. Dr. Reddit, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you so much for having me. You know, Doc, it's not a surprise to learn that asylum seekers experience higher rates of very serious mental health issues uh, than any other community. Uh, what what are some of the things that you see in your experience? Yeah, well, most uh, asylum seekers and refugees have experienced profound trauma and hardship, ranging from torture to sexual violence to war before coming to Canada. But they also face tremendous stressors through their migratory journey and once they arrive in Canada and are trying to build their new life here. Um, So I see many of my patients grappling with symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, anxiety, insomnia, and and that can really manifest in many ways, um, you know, ranging from sleep disturbance and nightmares to, um, you know, having difficulties leaving their house because they're so fearful to, um, you know, even cognitive impacts when you're you're not sleeping and you're very preoccupied with anxiety, there can be difficulties concentrating, learning a new language, um, etc. So that it can really have a range of impacts and, and affect both adults and children. And is that taken into account as people arrive and then they get some assistance or they get some help to to settle? Uh, Government, I'm sure, helps in some ways or charitable organizations that that help in some ways. Uh, Do do some of these issues with psychological and mental health supports, do they slip through the cracks or are there uh, plans in place to help people deal with it? Yeah, well, um, you know, the the answer is complex to that. Um, as, as you are well aware, the mental health supports in Canada in general are insufficient for the need of, of our entire population. And those gaps certainly exist for uh, refugee claimants and for refugees as well. Um, I think that certainly, you know, settlement agencies, community organizations do the best that they can to help people to connect with um, specific mental health resources. But it's also important to recognize when 
when um, looking at mental health, um, addressing basic needs is essential as well. I spoke about how um, people arriving to Canada face tremendous stress here, um, not being able to find affordable housing, not having um, a, a meaningful job or facing barriers to employment, facing racism here. So, you know, when we can start to address those concerns, have uh, stable housing for people, um, English classes uh, that that they can enroll in, those things are also really helpful. And, you know, people... Um, deal with their mental health uh, in different ways and may need and want different support. So it's not that everyone wants counselling. What may be most appropriate for somebody is is being part of a soccer team. Maybe that's the best thing mm-hmm. for their mental health. So we really need to think about it in a comprehensive way. When we're talking about asylum seekers and the uh, obviously the struggles that they're facing as they transition from some really you know traumatic situations, I, I, is there is there generally relief on on the other side of it or is treatment absolutely necessary does time heal these wounds I think it's different for every person, but I do want to focus in on some of the um, additional stressors that asylum seekers face specifically. So, you know, they arrive and they are making a refugee claim here and they have to wait for an immigration refugee board hearing to determine their claim, whether it's accepted or or um, rejected, and in which case they would have an appeal. Um, but that means that people are caught in an aching limbo of uncertainty and precarity for months and often years they may be waiting for that uh, IRB hearing the Immigration Refugee Board hearing to determine their claim for years and what we know is that a a foundational step of healing from trauma is attaining a sense of security and safety and with uncertain immigration status people don't have that sense of safety and it can really impede their recovery they can feel haunted by real or perceived threats to their their life, um, and it's really difficult to move forward from trauma when you haven't had confirmation that you can securely stay in Canada. So there are also really you know systemic barriers within our immigration system that that keep people in that limbo, and we really need to improve that process. Uh, this is this is a tough conversation to have this particular part, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is is it at our own peril to ignore the mental health? difficulties if you have people who are coming in with you know suffering from severe trauma they there could be that impacts on our society at large so do do, do we ignore this issue at our own peril if you're going to accept people in to help them out to take care of them to give them a safe haven it would have to be including this kind of assistance would it not so, you know, we we have a responsibility to anyone who's living, working in Canada to respect their rights, to ensure that they um, can live a, a, a life with dignity. And so that includes addressing, you know, basic needs, access to education, employment opportunities, and comprehensive um, medical care as well. You know, again, I will say that it's not that every person who has suffered from trauma needs our biomedical model of mental health support. It's not that everyone needs to be on medication or seek counseling or see a psychiatrist. And in fact, many people do not. Many people, what, what helps them heal is learning 
English and getting a job, yep. seeing their kids thrive in school, um, you know, making friends. All of those things are really essential. So it really needs to be that that comprehensive response. But you know, we we don't, as a society, um, we want everyone to be thriving and. Um, we want equity and justice yeah. and, and human dignity. So that benefits all of us. Politically, I'm wondering, what's is there an impetus to help? Or does this conversation come up as one that we know as civilians is important, but politically it's largely untouched? So, you know, there have been some encouraging movements from the federal government. There was a mandate from the prime minister in December of 2021 to the Minister of Immigration and Citizenship of Canada asking for a number of things to improve the immigration system, including regularization of undocumented um, uh, migrants, improving um, the temporary foreign worker program and ensuring that that those individuals who come year after year working and putting food on our table, Mm -hmm. taking care of our elders and our children can actually attain permanent residency where that pathway currently does not exist and to improve the refugee uh, claim process and the the larger refugee um, system here in Canada um, that would also include family reunification. So um, I think we're in a moment where there is attention on this issue. Um, That mandate, again, it was about 10 months ago. We're waiting for action. Um, The uh, minister recently came out saying that they're looking at this issue. But what we really want to see are concrete steps that are going to make a difference in people's lives. And secure immigration status is is so essential for that. Dr. Vanessa Reddit, uh, really good talking to you this morning. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your point of view, your perspective and your experience. Appreciate it. Thank you for covering this issue. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.